Welcome, everyone. I'm Daniel Joseph, and you're on the Corner Fringe. Currently, we are looking at the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And in our last message, we looked at the rider on the white horse. This is the first seal in Revelation 6 that is open. This rider comes out on a white horse. He has a bow. He has a crown. He comes out conquering and to conquer. And I propose the most radical, ridiculous, absurd notion, perhaps known to man. I'm being facetious. But I proposed that this was actually the move of the Antichrist. This was the event of the Antichrist where the Antichrist comes out and establishes his kingdom, his government, or what many would call the new world order, the one world government. And you look at the fact that he has a crown in his hand. And we know crown means corona. And there, that, that, that cannot be a coincidence that this one who comes out conquering and to conquer, and one of the elements that is given, the key element that is given to him is the crown. This is what gives him authority. And here we are looking at this coronavirus that has literally put the world on lockdown. It is virtually stop time. People can no longer go to work. People are losing their jobs. Businesses are going out of business. People cannot go to church. We can't go and congregate with one another. We can't meet with one another. Existence for humanity has virtually ceased. This is the most incredible thing that the world has ever experienced uh, thus far. The most bizarre. And it's happened in a matter of moments. And it's because the Antichrist has been unleashed. He has gone out and he is setting up his one world government. And something that I can tell you historically has happened several times in history. We've been given pictures of this. And, and here, listen to me carefully. One of the most significant things in regard to the Antichrist, to, to show that, hey, we are dealing with an Antichrist figure. One of the most overt um, pieces of evidence is the fact that he will attempt to bring the entire world together as one. Now, I say that because we can go back and we can look in history, go to the book of Genesis, and we can go to chapter 11. We can look at the, the this man known as Nimrod, who has... You know, traditionally, has always has been understood as an Antichrist figure. He is the personification of the Antichrist, the one who rebelled against God. And what did he do? He drew the whole world together and led the rebellion to build the Tower of Babel. And you know how that went? That's what drew the coming of the Lord. It was when he drew everyone together and they began to work together. That's what brought down the Lord from heaven. And this is this is what I'm telling you it has begun to happen today. This is how close we are to the coming of the Son of the living God. We could go to the Apocrypha, as I've been mentioning so much, this, this figure of Antiochus Epiphanes. He has just been coming to the forefront. Um, and what did he do? He did the exact same thing Nimrod did. What was in his heart was to collect all the people of the land that they should become one. 
And you can go read uh, the story. And that's literally what it says, that he wanted them to become one people. Well, here we are today, and we are seeing the beginning of this move, of this actual coming to fruition of the Antichrist going forth and carrying out and implementing, I should say, this one world government. And here's the thing. I realize proposing this and trying to swallow this pill that the seals have virtually been open and we're going to enter into a time of tribulation. And this is happening so fast. I understand that's a huge pill to swallow, but just open your eyes and you will see this is actually happening. And the way to prove that what I'm saying is at all accurate or to understand it, it's going to be a wait and see game. As if you remember, I, I told you prophecy works in this way. It's typically a wait and see game that all of a sudden the prophecy comes to pass. Then you understand this mysterious and obscure passage. You understand what it was talking about. And there's clarity. Well, if in fact what I'm telling you is accurate on any level, that this rider coming out on this white horse, bearing this crown and implementing this his his government, his system, this new world order, if in fact that is accurate, an accurate interpretation, then the following events or the following riders that ride, we should see come to fruition. We should see the red, the, the rider on the red horse come next. And shortly after him, we should see the event that's recorded in regard to the black horse. We should see that come to fruition and the same for the pale horse and so i think as we go through this information today i think the reality of what i proposed in last week's message is going to become clear and clear and by the time we get done with this over the next couple weeks I think you're going to be able to go back and, and, and listen maybe to part one and say that doesn't sound as crazy as I first thought it sounded. Um, and so, and for some of you, you might even say, Dan, it just doesn't sound crazy at all. We're living in crazy times and, and we see that this is truly the Antichrist is on the move. Uh, with that said, let's look at the second horseman of the apocalypse who rides this red horse, and we're going to open up in Revelation chapter 6, verse 3. This is what we read. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see. Verse 4. Another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it, listen to this, to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another. And there was given him... A great sword. So you look at this prophecy and it's pretty straightforward. This rider who's riding on a red horse, he's going to come forth and he's going to take peace from the earth, meaning the earth is going to be destabilized. There's going to be a lot of fear. There's going to be a lot of hatred. There's going to be a lot of resentment for one another. And people are going to start to kill one another. But here's the thing we need to observe in regard to this prophecy there's always been murder. And there's only been very few times of peace on the earth. Peace is a rare commodity. But typically, we see wars, whether many wars or, or much larger wars, 
uh, uh, even family wars uh, or neighborhood wars. And, and I'm, I'm speaking traditionally in the past where, you know, people, it ended up that they hated each other so badly that they would kill one another. The simple point I'm making is, is there's, there's always been bloodshed. There's, there's always been murder. So how, how is this any different? And how can this be a specific prophecy in, in regard to something that this earth is, is completely accustomed to. Well, here's what's important. And this is a fact I want to reiterate. These four horsemen that are listed, they are not independent from one another. You cannot compartmentalize them. They are connected intimately with one another. The red horse event takes place because the rider on the white horse came forth. Okay, you understand? So because the rider of the white horse, this event takes place, the spirit of Antichrist goes forth, he establishes his government. Because this is going to happen, it's going to bring about a second event. In other words, the reaction to the white horse is the red horse. The reaction to the Antichrist going forth and setting up his kingdom is that it's going to remove peace from the earth and it's going to bring about quite a bit of bloodshed. There's going to be some death. There's going to be war. And because that happens, well, then the event of the black horse is going to take place. And so do you see these events are intimately tied to one another? The prophecy is quite tight, if you will. And so, and quite specific. And so this way we can understand whether or not that the four horsemen of the apocalypse or the seals have been broken when these four horses, uh, horsemen of the apocalypse come riding one after another. They are together. And there's certainly an allusion here to Zechariah 6 uh, with the four chariots and you have... Uh, black horses and you have red horses there and so you have the same thing and you have white horses and you'll notice in those chariots one are riding after the other in fact the white horses go after uh, the black horses and so um, this is something that this is not a small detail that I'm sharing with you but this is something that's fundamental in understanding the four horsemen of the apocalypse now that being said, let's dig into this a little bit. And again, uh, let me let me state this. There's there's a lot of information we got to cover. We're not going to be able to cover all of it. We're going to probably spend 90% of our time uh, on, on this study of the four horsemen of the apocalypse looking at the second horseman. And after we get done, you'll understand that. But... It's based on this premise that these horsemen are not independent from one another. It's one event leading to the other. Now, with that said, uh, I want to open up with a headline. And this really goes back to last week, looking at the rider on the white horse and, and how he's going to go out conquering and to conquer. We're dealing with, with the Antichrist. We're dealing with this coronavirus that is bringing the world to its knees, where we no longer are expected to live in a manner that we have always lived. All these various countries throughout the world are going 
to radically change. I mean, this is the stuff, and this is my opinion, this is the stuff that's coming out through the media. This is the expectation that's being laid out that we're never going to return to normal type of thing. And so, um, yeah, it's pretty radical. Well, let me share this article with you in regard to this. And it says, the data is in. Stop the panic and end total isolation. Okay. And so, you know, when this whole coronavirus thing hit, nobody knew what to do with it. I mean, we're dealing with a virus. Could it be the Black Plague? Could it be the bubonic plague? Whatever. We, we're, we're not sure what we're dealing with it. Most people are complete and they never really even heard the word coronavirus, even though it's existed for, you know, uh, quite some time. Um, epidemiologists are well acquainted with the term and have been. It's it's on our Clorox wipes ingredient list, something that we don't look look at. Um, but when this thing hit, I mean, it took everybody by surprise. No one knew really what to do with it. But now we're coming to a point to where everyone's focusing, giving attention to it. Doctors all over the world, epidemiologists all over the world, they're now paying very close to the attention of, number one, the narrative. Uh, They're analyzing the numbers. They're digging into the numbers of the actual deaths. I mean, people are digging into this now. And because of this, you know, there are some things that are coming out. And this article really, and I had stacks of articles that I want to share with you. And I'm not going to do that because this article actually condenses it in such a succinct way. It's it's really beautiful. And so this article, uh, which is written by a doctor, by the way, um, goes on to say the following. He says this, Americans are now desperate for sensible policymakers who have the courage to ignore the panic and rely on the facts. Then he says, leaders must examine uh, accumulated data to see what has actually happened rather than keep emphasizing hypothetical projections. I mean, what he's referring to is these these projections that keeps coming. Well, you could have you know, 50, 100,000 die in this area or over the country. There could be millions over time. I mean, these, these outrageous um, projections. He says, combine that with empirical evidence with fundamental principles of biology established for decades and then thoughtfully restore the country to function. Now, what you need to recognize here is that what is happening right now, and this is what the writer is getting to, this is his point, this medical doctor, he's saying our response to this coronavirus is insane. It's, it's not logical, it's not rational, it's not scientific, it's not on any level. The more you look at this, the more you realize something is very, very wrong. What is going on here when you have freedoms and liberties that are literally being destroyed? you got kids being ripped out of schools, churches being forced to close down, businessmen forced to close their businesses, we're walking around with masks and gloves hoarding toilet paper. I mean, it's absolute insanity all based upon not necessarily the facts but propaganda based upon hypothetical projections of what could be based upon fear i mean propelling fear 
people, the way you would think about it, people, if they're going to walk outside, it's like, we're going to die. If there's another human being within six feet of me, I, if they break that six-foot marker, I am suspect for death. And so this, this is where we're going. Well, listen to this guy. What he says is five facts that he lays out. Amazing. He says, fact one, the overwhelming majority of people do not have any significant risk from dying uh, from COVID-19. Now you think about that. What an unbelievable statement. The majority of people do not have a significant risk of dying from this. And yet, the way we're responding, everyone's going to die, right? I mean, people walking around with these huge masks on, even one with an oxygen tank. I mean, it was it was pretty crazy. Uh, of all fatal cases in New York State, two-thirds were in patients over 70 years of age. More than 95% were over uh, 50 years of age, and about 90% of all fatal cases had an underlying illness. If you do not already have an underlying chronic condition, your chances of dying are small. He says small, regardless of age. And young adults and children in normal health have almost no risk of any serious illness from COVID-19. And so this doctor is... And, and, and there are so many doctors that are coming out now that are carrying this mantra. And they're really confused as to what's going on. Well, let me take you to fact two. And there's, I'm going somewhere with this. But fact two, he says this, protecting older at-risk people eliminates hospital overcrowding. Dr. Leora Horowitz of NYU Medical Center concluded age is far and away the strongest risk factor for hospitalization. Even early WHO experts, World Health Organization reports, uh, noted that 80% of all cases were mild. And more recent studies show a far more widespread rate of infection and a lower rate of serious illness. Half of all people testing positive for infection have no symptoms at all. Now, look at this. And let me highlight this. 80% of all cases were mild. And yet, they're literally destroying the world's economy over this. Fact three, vital population immunity is prevented by total isolation policies prolonging the problem explains it. We know from decades of medical science that infection itself allows people to generate an immune response, known as antibodies, so that the infection is controlled throughout the population by herd immunity. And there are multiple doctors that are coming out and saying that is the proper course of action. Many doctors are coming out and saying this makes no sense how we're responding to this. Actually, we're doing the exact opposite of what we should be doing. Let me give you an example. Headline, epidemiologist, coronavirus could be exterminated if lockdowns lifted. The unprecedented policy of mass quarantine to flatten the curve is only prolonging the coronavirus pandemic, contends a veteran scholar of epidemiology. The virus could be exterminated within weeks if people were allowed to lead normal lives and the vulnerable were sheltered until the virus passes, said 
Newt Wachowski. Uh, Dr. Wachowski said the only thing that stops respiratory diseases is herd immunity. This is the only thing. Herd immunity happens when a large percentage of population becomes immune to an infectious disease, which stops its spread. Simple enough. Wachowski was asked his opinion of Dr. Anthony Fauci, the key medical expert on the White House Coronavirus Task Force, who has promoted the mass quarantine strategy. Listen to what Wachowski says of him. Well, I'm not paid by the government, so I'm entitled to actually do science, he replied. (laughs) And so, I mean, that needs no commentary. To these credible doctors who are more than qualified in their field to speak about what is happening right now, they are left scratching their heads. I mean, there is a lot of confusion and frustration and anger in the medical community with many doctors over how we are responding to this. Fact number four. People are dying because medical care is not getting done due to hypothetical projections. Again, I mean, we're we're talking about total hypothetical projections that there are people coming out and scrutinizing how ridiculous and how faulty these projections really are. Now, he explains in his own words, critical health care for millions of Americans is being ignored and people are dying to accommodate potential COVID-19 patients and for fear of spreading the disease. Most states and many hospitals abruptly stop non-essential procedures and surgeries that prevent a diagnosis of life-threatening diseases like cancer screening, biopsies of tumors now undiscovered, and potentially deadly brain aneurysms. Treatments including emergency care for the most serious illnesses were also missed. Cancer patients deferred chemotherapy. An estimated 80% of brain surgery cases were skipped. Acute stroke and heart attack patients missed their only chances for treatment. Some dying and many now facing permanent disability. And so, oh my goodness. And there's many articles we, we, we could dig up on this where people are starting to look at the suicide rate because of this implementation of lockdown and the people that are dying because they're not getting the medical attention that they should because they're being deemed non-essential is outrageous. I mean, it's actually happening. And so this tactic of putting people on lockdown and when you see the effects of it, in and of itself, this is what is enraging many responsible uh, MDs around the country, around the world, as they're looking at how governments are implementing the lockdown. It's totally insane. Fact five, we have clearly defined population at risk who can be protected with targeted measures. Again, here the the writer, the doctor recognizes that, you know what, we know those who are at risk. We can take the proper action to ensure to lock down the nursing homes. 
And so, so here's the thing. You look at this collectively, and, and this is what I want you to see. As, as he goes through all these points, and, and we understand these things clearly, and I could add other things that I'm not even going to get into, the controversy over the death certificates, the controversy over the amount of people that are even being labeled as possessing COVID who are going into hospitals and there have been cases where hospitals are absolutely telling or diagnosing people with COVID without even testing them yet. But because there is this little $13,000 bonus uh, to the hospital, to anyone that's diagnosed, and 39000 if they're put on a ventilator, um, you can see how money can be the ultimate primary motive rather than actual care. And when I say that, I mean, I actually know people who have experienced this. And there are stories erupting all over the country that this is happening and things like this are happening. And so even move that aside, all that to say, there is something wrong. There is something wrong with the response to how we are responding to this as what they call a pandemic. And from believers to non-believers to even Muslims, it doesn't smell right. There's something way off on this. And that's because something is happening that isn't logical in the realms of what we're up against or what we're being told we're up against. It is an agenda. And it's not simply an agenda of man and even wicked men, and this is what I'm telling you, it goes way, way beyond that. It is the move of the Antichrist. And this is what you got to see that is baffling people in this country. People that are getting angry, that don't know Yeshua, that don't know Jesus. They're getting angry. They think it's absolutely ridiculous at what is happening. But for the believer, for those immersed in the Word of God, for those uh, that are looking to the Bible for answers, uh, the answers are there. We can understand uh, what is happening, or at least in part of what the Lord has given us. That which is written, it's for us, right? Amen? Well, I want to read to you uh, a headline, and this is in regard to Franklin Graham. Because he is looking at this thing uh, much in the way that I am. And I appreciate this headline by WorldNet Daily. It's about control. Franklin Graham sounds the alarm on government's true motive. It's about control. And he couldn't be more right. This is the agenda of the Antichrist. It is about to go out and implement control. Now, we read within the article, Franklin Graham, CEO of uh, uh, Worldwide Christian Ministry, Samaritan's Purse, which is providing a mobile hospital to treat patients in New York City, bless his heart, warns that restrictions on constitutional rights might not be temporary. Might not be temporary. You let those words sink in. And we'll be coming back to these words probably next week. But he is on to something. He is on to something. He sees, he sees what's going on. 
He recognizes this isn't about a coronavirus. These people are not there because the people pushing the agenda because they care and they're concerned about the lives of the Americans and the people around the world. Uh, he, he, sees, he sees it for what it is. Continuing on. Here we go again. He wrote on Facebook another headline by CNN to try to put fear in the minds of readers. It's called propaganda. Very important piece for the Antichrist, for the devil. It's becoming more obvious to people that the response of some in the government is not just about protecting lives, but it's about control. Never before in our history have those who are well been quarantined rather than those who are sick. And that is the truth. If you knew nothing else, you would just have to ask your question. You know, this country is not uh, foreign to diseases, to nasty diseases, to deadly diseases. We're well acquainted with that. We went through the Spanish flu. I mean, we could go on. It's not like we didn't understand these things, but never in history do you quarantine the healthy and look at the biblical you know, model. If we were to look at the biblical model, you don't quarantine the healthy, you quarantine the unclean. You quarantine the lepers. When you start quarantining the healthy, it's no longer quarantining. It's imprisonment. You start thinking about the terminology, these terms that are flying around. Lockdown? You notice? I mean, you can see this all over the headlines. Type it in, you'll see nation on lockdown, world on lockdown, all these things. That's a term used in the prison arena to describe prisons and what happens when something happens and, and the, the inmates get wild and reckless. They put on lockdown. When, when they start using terms like this in a free society over perfectly healthy people, you want to take notice of this because this is what's happening. This We are being put on house arrest. All our rights and freedoms are gone completely out the window. It's absolutely demonic. And we need to see this for, for what it is. Now, I want to peel back the layers on this thing. The, the more we do this, uh, I, I think the clearer the picture is going to be for you. 